Welcome to the Soul Lux Life Podcast, where our goal is to enhance the mental, physical, and spiritual luxuries in life. Make your life luxurious through knowledge, coaching, training, and technique. Visit us online at soulluxlife.com. Here's your host, Crispin J. Watson. Okay. I'm so excited about this. I am too. I am too. Thanks so much for inviting me. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. Yeah. How has life been for you? How was your day today? It was pretty good. I worked um, half a day today because I had a doctor's appointment in Birmingham. Hmm. And um, so it's pretty good. Kids are getting ready to come back to school. So it's pretty busy for us in the office. So I can say that I don't have a lot of downtime in my life right now. Is it it too late to register? It is too late to register for this election, for municipal elections. But we all know that November is right around the corner. So if you didn't register and you missed this one, you got a chance to do it again for November. Um, and if people need registration ballots, we still have some. We'd be happy to share those with you. Um, so we we want people to vote, not just for me, but to be a part of this um, process from now on out. Like, for every vote matters. So. It does. And I've actually had a friend to tell me that she wasn't going to vote for either candidate. I'm like, girl... Look, vote for somebody. Vote for an independent. Vote for that's right. Cast right. <laughs> right. your vote. Whatever you do, people are saying that they love the shirt. Someone said that they're your friend. That's a friend, Cottingham. Yeah, hey, friend. <laughs> now you all are welcome to write your questions in the comment section, or if you just want to say hey to Miss Joyce here while she's with us, we will definitely. Say hey back and try to answer your questions. And so one thing I would just really, just to start off, Michelle, tell us a little bit about you, like where you grew up, how was life for you growing up? Tell us about your family, just everything. Well, uh, okay, so um, most people know that I grew I grew up in Montevallo. Montevallo is my home. And both my parents are from Montevallo. My mom actually is an only child. She's the only child that my grandmother ever had. Mm-hmm. And I'm the only daughter that my mom has, um, biologically. So, you know, there's just the three of us, my grandma, my mom, and me. And then I had the three girls. So, anyway, but then my dad, um, my dad grew up around his family over on Motley Avenue is what we call it. It's the name of the street. It was just off of Spring Creek Road. And so when my mom and dad got married, they um, had seven kids together and then they had me. So I'm the baby of eight. And so I grew up as the baby of eight kids. That's uh, a big family. I love big family. Yeah, yeah. So it was fun. It was fun. The closest sibling I have to me is about eight years older than I am. So when I came along... um, you know, he had been the baby for almost eight years. He wasn't real happy about me coming along. But now he is my best friend. Really? That's yes. Awesome. And so um, I love being the baby of a big family. It's I'm the always baby. fun. I'm the baby. Yeah. It's always fun. And family time is always great for us when we all get together. We always do Thanksgiving on my side of the family. And then we do Christmas on my husband's side of family, Mike's side of family. <laughs> and so fun fact about him is he he is one of seven kids. I'm one of eight. Yeah. He's one of seven. So um, there are, in his family, there are five boys, six boys, six boys, and one girl. Mm-hmm. So he is the sixth out of seven. So he's almost the baby. Almost, he didn't quite make it. Though. Didn't quite make it. But we have a huge family, and then you know we got those four girls of our own. So growing up for me was pretty fun because since I was I came so late in the game, mm-hmm. everybody else had to take care of me. <laughs> they had to look out for baby Joyce. Like don't they? Did. 
they did. And the sweet perk of that is even at 45, I'm still the baby. And <laughs> it's pretty sweet. It's a pretty sweet life. <laughs> you, sound, you sound like baby grand and he has that mentality already he's <laughs> around like look I'm the baby I got it made <laughs> yep. that's why me and Grant get along so well I know he loves you he he loves you he loves coming to church and seeing y'all he just He's him. And one thing about it, you're just always so nice and just so welcoming. And I know I can only imagine that your family is the same way. So tell us about your family, about your kids. What are they doing now? What are they up to? Oh, that's fun. Because, you know, I like talking about my kids. But um, (laughs) So we'll start with my shell because she's the oldest. And, you know, she graduated a couple years ago from Montevallo with her degree in social work. She's doing really good. She's got a couple of part-time jobs as social workers in the county doing some different things. She's got two part-time jobs, which means she's fully employed. (laughs) But she's also um, working part-time on her MSW through um, through Alabama in Tuscaloosa. So she does that. And then Michaela is in her last year at Montevallo as a political science major. And so this is her senior year. And... Um, Makaya is has just finished her first full week of college down in Tuskegee, where she is on a scholarship, an academic scholarship down in Tuskegee. Mm-hmm. And so she's learning to live on her own. She's the first kid that we had that went away to college, but she's loving it. And then Michael Dane started his junior year um, in this pandemic world that we're living in. Oh, he's going to school twice a week, twice, two days out of the week, and then he's doing e-learning the other two. But he's also playing football this year, which is his first time playing football in high school. Really? So yeah. So they were supposed to play this weekend, I think. This Friday was supposed to be their first game. But they, so they have their- football games and things like that. They are, you know, it's going to be a little different, a condensed schedule, I think. And um, they were supposed to play this Friday, but they had some exposure issues um, to the virus. So they had to push the first game back. I think they play next week. But he's pretty excited. He's been, you know, practicing for football. What is he playing? Yeah. Um, he is supposed to be a receiver. And so you know how little he is. I told him, <laughs> just run faster than everybody else on the field and he'll be fine. Right, yeah. like, don't let him knock you down. Like, football yeah. is one of those sports. He'll be like, woo-hoo-hoo, is he okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we all know he loves basketball. So he's still playing basketball on the weekends. He's doing travel basketball. Mm. which is Which really leads me to talk about something, you know, that I talked about on my page the other day is about exposure. You know, so like Michaela also works at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Michelle kind of works with the public. Mike and I work with the public. Michael J is in school. He's playing two sports. That's a lot of different contacts, a lot of different exposure. Right. And so as running for mayor, you know, you kind of want to campaign and be around people all the time. But I just don't think it's fair to expose other people to my germs all the time. Like, I go to work, I try to stay in my space and try to give people their distance. But campaigning, I wouldn't want people exposed to me a lot because I don't, you know, I just want to limit other people's exposure. We're trying to kind of trying to keep a track of who we are exposed to. Right. So that if something happens, we can at least trace it. But if I start meeting, you know, being around a lot of different people, then that'll be hard for them. They won't know if they got it from me or somewhere else. Yeah. So it's been hard for me because I really want to, like, be around people. You know how I love talking to folks. I love talking to folks. I really want to be around people. I want to have gatherings. I want to be in groups. I want to do all that stuff. But I want to keep people safe, too. So it's a little bit of a balance for us right now. It and, is. and I thought you had your mask and everything. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mask up as much as I can, you know, whenever I'm in public. Try to be really considerate. Keep hand sanitizer. I got hand sanitizer in all my pockets and all my purses and jackets <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. But um it's just hard, you know, with all this uncertainty and 
you just every day we hear about somebody different that we, we know that's been exposed or has it or has tested positive. And so it's real scary for people. And I, I know that there are some anxious folks out there, but we just all have to do what we can to protect each other. And so I, really I thought I had it that time. Yeah. I was supposed to do your makeup. I was excited about it. But like that night, I started running a fever. And I'm like, there's no way I'm about to get in front of yeah. somebody. And I'm not feeling it could be COVID. But thank God I tested negative. But <laughs> yeah, you yeah. never know. It's like you just have to look out for other people. I know a lot of people don't like to wear their masks. But I don't know. I just feel more comfortable with mine. So. <laughs> And to get tested too, you know, like it's uncomfortable. So I've had to test three times. <laughs> yeah, like I've tested three three different times just because I want to be sure that I'm not exposing or that I don't have it, you know. So it's crazy, but I'm really grateful for technology right now because we get to oh, do yeah. stuff like this, and then. Yes. Even and even with church, we still get to have church and still get to see folks. Me and my family, we don't get to be around each other much because, you know, we don't want to expose each other. You know, my brother had it early. Oh, and really? so we just haven't been able to see each other much. But we do stuff like duo calls and FaceTime and all that kind of stuff. So I'm really grateful for technology right now. I am too. Our family is really big and we'll be on a FaceTime of like 16 people. It'll be a <laughs> <laughs> family reunion every year. And this year we couldn't have it. Everybody was just yes. you know, updated. Yes. So we're planning on going to the cabin next year. It's like all the cousins and stuff. So we're super excited about that. Hopefully everything will get back to how it's supposed to be. So um, one thing I did want to kind of talk about, like with you running for mayor, what kind of led you to, to your decision to actually run? Well, it's funny. So, like, four years ago, I did run for the city council seat in my district, and I lost. Um, it was my first time ever running for a seat. But over the last, I guess, you know, 8, 12, 15 years, I've just been um, just trying to be involved in different things with within our community. So mm -hmm. I've tried my hand at a lot of different things. Um, I guess the earliest that we started doing community stuff was Mike and I um, teamed up with um, a professor from the university to kind of start a mentoring program at the university that kind of had um, students going into the schools. Um, that's when he was a teacher out at the Linda Nolan Learning Center. And so that kind of blossomed and it, it became a whole nother program um, that the university and the city still use to, to, to this day. But that was kind of like the first model of it. And so that was one of the first ways that we got involved in like city involvement. But over the years, we've done that. We've done, of course, youth athletics because we've got all these kids who do youth athletics. So <laughs> we've done that. I've done things like the Arbor Board which is, you know, a pretty neat board. Um, did that for just a little while, tried my hand at that, made some friends there. I've done um, the library board, which is a pretty, um, it's a um, library board there at the, in the city. It was pretty nice to be on, got some exposure there. And then recently I was put on the uh, historical commission, which is the, the board that I serve on right now. We have been able to meet very much lately because of the pandemic, of course. And we had some changes in our um, board membership. So we were going through some of that. But that's been a pretty interesting one to be on. And then just, you know, for the most part, just being involved in the community, like just helping people has always been a big thing for us. Right. And um, sometimes people think that you have to actually like serve in official capacities to be community leaders or involved in community service. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I want to just tell people, like you don't have to have an official title to do stuff. Like you, yeah, like you can be involved in stuff without having to have a title, without sitting on a board. 
if you want to be involved, especially in a town as small as Montevallo, you can. And I just think people don't always know how to do that or who to connect with to do those kinds of things. But anyway, that's, you know, that's kind of how it all started for me. And then I would talk to people all the time who'd be like, well, I wouldn't mind doing this, but I don't know how to do it. Or I don't feel comfortable doing it. Or um, I wish that I could be more helpful in ways. And so it started me thinking about, like, how can I help connect people to be involved civically with our town? Right. And so that's how it all kind of started. You know, it's just been like an evolving process for me. And so um, when this term came around and it was time for us to start thinking about, was I going to run again for city council? And I, I really wavered for a long time because I was like, I could run for city council. But I knew um, after our mayor announced that she wasn't going to run, and um, I just was like, well, I wonder who's going to run. And then we knew that there would be um, one person who was running. But I was just like, I wonder if anybody else is going to run. And nobody kind of stepped up. And I just mm -hmm. started thinking, I was like, well, why can't I? Like, I meet the qualifications <laughs> as far as being a citizen of the town. I've right. up in town. I really want to be involved. And the biggest thing is, I think I bring a different perspective to this position than what we've been thinking about in times past. Um, I think that it's really, the reason why I, I, my heart was just led to do it, I really did feel led to do it because I think Montevallo would benefit from not just caring about the business of the city, but getting back to caring about the people of the city and connecting all parts of our city together to be involved in all that stuff that I just got through talking about, right? Like there are just so many different other people in our city who want to be heard, who want to be a part and to just join the other folks who are already doing it. They just don't know how to, or they don't feel comfortable doing that. And so I really just want to be a conduit a bridge, a person who just kind of helps put all those pieces together, bring all those different people together and mm -hmm. help us move forward, help us keep pushing all of our great, great, great things that are going on in our city and making sure that we all do it um, in a way that values everybody and mm -hmm. a way that brings honor to our whole city. Yes, most definitely. And, um, you know, sometimes elections can divide communities and bring out very strong emotions. So whether you win or lose, what, what is your plan after, after this? Do you plan to run again? Do you continue to plan to work in the community? What's, what's kind of your thought process on that? Well, um, the one thing I, I say to people all the time is I am who I've always been. <laughs> So win or lose, I'm not going anywhere. It's not like we're moving out of Montevallo. <laughs> so um, I'm going to still be doing what I've always done, which is working in our communities, helping people meet needs that they have. Um, and so it's either going to be one or two ways. I'm either going to be sitting in the mayor's seat and I'll have a platform where people get to hear what I think, you know, or I'll be doing it. I'll continue to do it by serving behind the scenes and on boards. Um, but either way, I think the key to moving forward is to remember that you can't move forward if you don't take time to listen, understand, and empathize. Um, and so no matter what emotions, like we can disagree on policies. We can disagree on practices. We can have different opinions about how to do things. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what democracy is. It's having discussions with varied opinions. But at the end of the day, we have to continue to respect each other. Right. We have to continue to show love for each other. We've got to be able to put ourselves in other people's shoes. And so that's how we'll move forward. Like That's how we'll get past all of the vitriol or whatever it is or, you know, and I don't really understand all that. Like, because, <laughs> you know, in my head, I just keep thinking, we are just talking about Montevallo, right? We are just talking about the major scene in Montevallo. I just don't get why 
it would be so um, such a contentious thing. Um, but I, I'll say this: like I don't, I'm not a person to hold grudges or hold on to that. I think it's always a way forward that gives. Again, I'll say it again: a way forward that brings honor to everybody and that values everyone's opinion. We don't yes. have to agree, but we can listen mm-hmm. and we can try to empathize. And so if we do that, you know, we'll be fine. I- I'll tell you a quick little story. It was so funny. Um, this weekend I was out doing some um, socially distancing campaigning, <laughs> uh, which means that Mike and I were riding around in the car with mask on and putting out my um, door knockers. And if we saw people out, we'd try to stop and talk to them or whatever. So there's this uh, wonderful gentleman who uh, sort of held our car down and um, he came up to the car and I got out and uh, stopped to talk to him. And I I didn't know that he wanted to talk to me at first. And he said, you didn't want to talk to me? And I was like, no, I'm sorry. You know, so anyway, he he proceeds to tell me, first of all, well, I'm not going to vote for you, but here's what I want to tell you about what I would like to see in our city. And so I sat there and I listened to him and he had some valid points, you know, about some things. And I just, at the end of the conversation, I think what was most important and the takeaway for me is I left him with my information and he said, well, you know what? You're a pretty okay lady. And I said, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And so you know, I think before he ever talked to me, he probably thought I was probably somebody who was going to argue with him or right. you know, right. cut him down for what he was saying or whatever, because it wasn't what he thought that I wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, people just want to know that you value them as people. Yes. Right? And people just want to know that you care about what they care about. And so as a mayor, that's all I want to do. It's like, I really just want people to understand that the things that you care about, that's the thing, that's what I care about. And let's find a way to find a way through it together, right? Mm -hmm. All the way from the budgets to Little League baseball. Like, all of it is important. Because if it's important to you, then it's important to our city. Yes, and it's definitely important to somebody else. So I like the point you made, like we all have to respect one another. Whether or not their opinions are different from ours, we do have to give them that level of respect and value what they're saying because everybody's entitled to feel how they feel about things. Yes. So um, I know a lot of people have been concerned about transparency and openness within the city government. And how would you as mayor see to that happening how would you how would you make sure that everybody has a, a seat at the table well transparency begins with making sure that everybody's represented right mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes we think transparency is just about hearing what people say i think it's also about making sure that people get a good picture of what's going on and representation does matter Like, we just need to be honest and say that because people aren't going to trust you if they don't see people that they think they can trust. So, one, representation matters. Um, Two, doing things like we've already been doing. Like, this this virus has forced us to think of doing things in different ways. And so, one of the things that the city has started doing, and I am loving it, is having city council um, broadcast live via Facebook Live. Oh, yeah. That's convenient. Um, it's very, that's right. It makes it convenient because yeah. he, if people can't get to meetings to hear what's going on, mm-hmm. if all they have is an agenda to read or minutes to sort through, you don't really get the full picture of what's being done. Right. But if you're watching as people are making these votes, if you're watching as they're going through um, the process of figuring out what they're going to do. If you're able to see that, then you have a front row seat to what goes on in the government. Mm-hmm. And then three, I think the other thing is making sure that department heads and the mayor and the boards are all communicating with each other and not just having, you know, their meetings and then sending stuff on, you know, to do whatever they need to do but that we all kind of do cross communication across the board. 
So I think that helps. And of course you want to do things like making sure the books stay open, you know, um, and which we've done a great job um, from what I've been able to tell, like the audits have been good, you know, and those sort of things. So just continuing to talk about those things, making sure that the public is aware of them, putting it where people can get to it and it's easily accessible so that it's not inconvenient for people to get the information. We can't make it hard for people to access information. If you want transparency, then you have to make it easy for people to access it. So you talk about, so uh, again, just to recap, when you're talking about transparency, what I believe you're talking about is one, representation, two, access, and three, communication, right? So you put those three together and you've got a good base for helping people trust what your government does. Mm-hmm. Yes, you have to meet people on their level and just right. really get out there see the people need, not just what you think people need. And it seems like you've, pretty, you've done a pretty good job at really getting out there and connecting with different people about what's going on in the community. You listen, um, you don't you don't take criticism as a negative thing. So you're always willing to listen and um, listen for new ideas and ways to help Montevallo grow and yeah. to help the diversity. And, Y'all know Montevallo is a diverse area. There are different age groups. You all have a university there. So there are a lot of students, um, a lot of 18 to 23, 24-year-olds there. And you also have an older community that grew up there. So what type of projects and community gatherings do you see yourself trying to implement to bring groups together? Well, I think, first of all, I want to say this. I think Montevallo does a great job at um, giving us spaces and places and times and events where we can do that, where we can come together as a community. And I don't want to see any of that go away. It's it's really hard for me right now um, in this pandemic because we don't we don't get to have our festivals. We aren't getting to you know, hang out on in our parks like we used to and things like that. Um, but I also think uh, one of the things that we could kind of rally around and kind of everybody can kind of push for is everybody wants to give children anything that would make their life better, right? Right. And so I think that's where we can kind of all come together and try to find a way to provide some spaces Um where kids can have safe and open environments to do recreation and have events and things like that. And I, you know, um, our strategic plan for our city right now already has some plans in the work for trying to build a community center and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. And so that's one of my, you know, huge, that's one of the huge things that I wanna keep pushing for make sure it doesn't fall behind. I think that's one thing that we can all kind of get around. But here's the thing that I I think is um, really important for us to remember is that if we want our city to continue to grow and be able to meet the needs of everyone, that we've got to be mindful that it starts with gainful employment. Mm. We've got to figure out a way to find a way to keep our people in our city employed gainfully and more than just a working wage, right? Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that we don't like to talk about, but that is true for us, is that more than 65% of the people who live in Montevallo live at either at the poverty or below the poverty level for Alabama. Really? That's That's a large... That's a large percentage. I'll say 65% of the kids that are in Montevallo. 65% of the children in Montevallo. Which is why we qualify for Title I status um, Mm -hmm. for schools. Because we have such a large population of kids who are at or below the poverty level. Mm -hmm. Well, you're at or below poverty when your parents don't make enough money to support you. And so... And that's, that's a really complicated situation. It's not an easy answer. And I'm not saying that I have all the answers, 
But I think there are some really smart people in our city. There are some really smart people in our county. And there are some people with some resources all around us who can help us figure out a way to do that, how to bring some jobs to Montevallo, how to bring some more resources to Montevallo so that we can help our parents be able to adequately support their children and our students. And when that happens, all of us do better, right? So then we have more resources, we have more income, we have more tax revenue, we've got a larger tax base, people start buying properties and owning homes, all kinds of things do better. And so um, I think that's something we can kind of get around. We do well with events. We do well with um, and I'd like to see some more. I would love to see some more opportunities coming to town where we have people come and visit us and come shop with us and come celebrate with us. You know, we've got things like car shows and art walks and mm-hmm. um, parades. You know, Montevallo has a fire truck parade. That's one of the largest fire pr- truck parades, I think, in the state. And it is huge. I mean, and so people from all over the county in Alabama come around. Say it again, Chris, when you, you cut up a little bit. What'd you say? You, you have to let me know when that is so I can take Grant. You know, he loves oh, yeah. fire trucks now. Listen, you may be able to get him on the career fire truck and come on down for that parade. That's a rare But yeah, I mean, and that's Stuff like that, like it is, and I love the parades in Montevallo. I always have. I remember going to parades in Montevallo when I was a kid and um, being able to continue that tradition with my children. All of my kids have been in the parades in Montevallo. They've ridden on the fire trucks and things like that. And it's a pretty big deal. But I think um, we can probably look at doing more things, like keep the traditional things but adding other things wouldn't be a bad idea. And so um, I don't have, again, I'm not the one with all the ideas. I think there are a lot of smart people in our city and a lot of people with a lot of different ideas. And the whole point of my candidacy is to make sure that those people feel like they can bring those ideas to the city, that they can share those ideas with the city, that there is a place for them to have their ideas and their concerns and their needs um, heard. So that's one of the things. That's that's a big priority for me. I like that though, because when I first when I moved here, that's the first time I've ever seen like people throw candy out at a parade. So was, <laughs> I was gonna tell my mom I was like, they throw candy from the- <laughs> I just parade. Like they don't do that in Mississippi, so that's <laughs> they've never done it. That's so cool. Yeah, look like yeah, parade in Montevallo. We toss candy like they toss beads down at Mardi Gras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would do beads at the Christmas parade. I, like, <laughs> I love it. I love how like Calera and Montevallo they're very um, community oriented. Um, yes. They do a lot of things to bring everybody together. Um, that's one thing that I like. You're always so open and transparent about you and things that you've been through as a person. Um, yeah. I've always looked up to you as a person. I think that you're a great leader. And I think that you would be a wonderful mayor for this that's city. Montevallo. If I lived in the city limits of Montevallo, you would definitely have my vote. I know it, Kristen. <laughs> but I don't. But I'm trying to campaign and rap any way that I can. So if you all have any questions, you're welcome to put them in the comment section. I see we do have quite a few people on here. And I'm so excited that you all came and joined us. So if you're just tuning in, this is Joyce Jones. She is running for mayor for the city of Montevallo. I'm Kristen Watson, and we are so thankful that you all have joined in and just tuned in to what she had to say. She grew up in Montevallo. Um, her family lives in Montevallo. They support the city of Montevallo, and she wants to share everybody's ideas. Um, she said that everyone has a place. She wants you all to bring your ideas to the city. She is going to listen. She is not going to be the one that's going to tune you out and make you feel like you don't have a voice because you do. And I'm all about, um, you know, women empowerment. I'm a mom. You're yes. a mom. <laughs> 
So I kind of want to talk about some of the strong women in your life. Um, who were these women and how they inspired you to be the woman that you are today? Oh, my gosh. Well, that is a wonderful question. And I, it's always so hard for me to talk about the women in my life because they mean so much for me in public. And it's such an emotional place for me. How we to get our tissue? Uh, no, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. But I, I'll say this. Um, so, you know, I, I told you my mom, my mother, my grandmother only had one kid. She uh -huh. only had my mom. And my grandmother was a domestic her whole life. And so she only birthed one child, but she raised so many children throughout Montevallo. Like she is just the mother of mothers, right? And so, and then my mom is just such. Did you? Am I back? Um, I can't hear you. Uh oh. Dang it. I think it's coming back. Crispin, can you hear me? I can hear you. Hold on, you guys. I'm going to put her backstage and I'm going to try to bring her back here. Can you hear me, Michelle? Hey, Crispin, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can. Um, let's see. Probably have to turn the camera back on. So, you guys, we thinking of some questions while we're here. Um, if you Am I back? Yeah, you're back. She's back, everyone. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> that technology, right? Technology. Okay. So like I was just saying, my mom is just a, a, such a free spirit and such a strong personality. And so, um, and then there was one other woman, my mother-in-law. So I often, I often say, like my grandmother and my mom raised me and taught me, you know, how to be a strong woman. And then my mother-in-law taught me how to be um, a pastor's wife, right? <laughs> like, I, I, um... My husband and I started dating when I was 16, 17, 17, something like that. And uh, <laughs> I, I spent every Sunday with her until she passed away, uh, you know, just about every Sunday with her. And then once we got married every day, almost with her. And then, um, but you know, those three women really showed me how to be a one, a good person. Like my grandma, when I was a little girl, Believe it or not, I was kind of mean <laughs> as a little girl because I was, I, I wasn't mean. I was just spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, my grandma would always be like, um, everybody deserves a hello and a goodbye. And it stuck with me my whole life. Like, my grandma, I would get pinched and hit if somebody passed by me and they spoke and I didn't want to open my mouth. And she was like, you don't do that. Everybody deserves a hello and a goodbye. And then I would kind of walk around with a scowl on my face, you know, just looking all mean and mad. And my mom would be like, you smile. And I'd be like, I don't want to smile. And she'd be like, you always smile because the world needs your smile. Oh, yeah. And, you know, as an adult, I mean, you don't really think about that, like how those kinds of things shape your life until you become an adult. And you figure out that just saying hello to people and just smiling at folks is what sometimes they need to just break down walls. Mm -hmm. And it's a simple thing, but it matters because when people understand, one, that you're approachable and two, that you care about them, then you can start being able to help them. Mm -hmm. And so that's what that's kind of what my, my mother and my grandmother brought to me brought to my life or, you know, and just doing that, just instilling little things like that in my life. And then just telling me to never be afraid of anybody or anything that if I had a dream and, you know, my grandmother would always say, you go as far as you can, you do whatever you dream you want to do, because if you dream it, you can do it. 
And she used to always say, I used to be scared to do stuff and I wish that I hadn't been. And so anytime I say I want to do something, my grandma is like the first person to be like, oh, you can do that. Oh, my, grandma, my grandma, I can say, grandma, I'm going to pull that mountain up. And she'd be like, oh, you can do that. So it's that's why I always feel like I could do stuff because my mom and my grandmother never tell me that there's an impossibility for me. They never make me feel like there's a dream too big. There's something that I can't go for. They just figure out how to make me get how to how to help me get it right. They right. just figure out how to push me to it. And I think the world would be much better if we did that for everybody. So not just for our own kids, but we do that for every kid that we come into contact with, which is one of the things that I believe in doing. I am a champion for every child I meet. So if a kid tells me they want to do something, I'm going to figure out a way to help them do it. And that's the kind of mayor I want to be, too. Like when people, when our city says we want to do something, I'm going to be that person in the background saying, all right, then, well, let's figure out how we're going to do it. If this is what we want to do and we think that we can do it, all we got to do is figure out a way to get it done. And I think that's what that's the kind of that's the kind of energy we need to keep us moving forward, especially right now, because it's easy to get um, to just get bogged down and discouraged. Um, we've got a lot of things that are working against us. We've got tighter budgets. We've got tighter restraints. Our resources are shrinking. But that doesn't mean our dreams have to shrink. Just because our resources shrink, just because the way that we've done stuff in the past isn't going to be the way that we're going to be able to do it in the future, doesn't mean it can't be done. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's impossible. And that was, you know, that's what my mom, my grandma, and even my mother-in-law taught me, you know, that things are going to be hard, but I watched each of them do the hard things every day. Mm-hmm. They made sure that we ate when we didn't have money to eat. We were oh. never hungry. We were never without. And it was hard, but they did it. And um, I think that helps me figure out that I can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And look, I, I became an adult and I went through some of those same struggles. And had to figure out ways of climbing out of holes and and digging digging back from from some dark and low places. But if I can do that in my personal life, then this just just know that I will be able to do that for our city, mm-hmm. not by myself. Because the thing about getting to the next level, the thing about going from glory to glory and faith to faith, is that you don't do that alone. Right. Anytime people feel like it's just them, if if everything depends on me, then it's already messed up. But when we start depending on each other, if we start leaning on each other, if we do for our government what my family has done for me over the years mm-hmm. is to support me, lift me up, help me get through the hard times then I promise you Montevideo will be one of the best places. It already is one of the best places in our state, but it could be one of the best places in our whole region. It's not enough just to be good. Mm -hmm. I want Montevideo to be great. Yes. Yeah. And when I come to Montevideo, it's it's so beautiful. It looks like you already did the downtown. Did you already do the downtown? Yeah, they did the downtown revitalization. I love that, and I like and I like one thing you said about you love doing things for the kids, um, putting the kids out there. And I'm a mom of two, um, so what activities do you plan for um, for the community to have and kind of support our kids, whether that be like um, promoting recreational sports more heavily or doing like bringing like plays and different events? Um, do you see yourself doing anything like that? Because if so, I would love to partner with you. <laughs> well, yes, yes, we yes, we do. We actually have um part of the library um board, part of what they do is sponsor um like a um oh my gosh. Sometimes I talk so much that words escape me. But they have in the summer they do a camp, a theater camp, right? Mm. Which is like it is it always fills up in one of our dear, dear um, citizens of Montevallo who has been so inspirational to so many children in Montevallo, Mr. Mack, um, mm-hmm. lost his battle to COVID 
um, to the virus this week um, has been really instrumental in doing programs like that, who helps with programs like that. But we've got a theater program. We have a camp in the summer that does like um, outside camping and, and crisping words again are escaping me but they do like um the, the you know, outdoor like putting up a tent type camp not so much putting up a tent i don't think but they do like a lot of out, outside activities environmental activities and things like that so we've got different things like that during the summer we also have a great youth league um we've got a great um sports and recreational director for the city right now who has expanded our youth programs, youth sports programs. And so we do really good. We've got, um, we've got base, baseball and softball, football. We've got volleyball, basketball. Um, I don't know if we have youth soccer in Montevallo yet, but we probably, if we don't have it in the city, I'm sure we probably partner with another city to mm -hmm. provide that one. But we've got sports. Now, what I would, and, and I'll go back to one of the things I talked about earlier, what I would like to see is eventually we have a recreational center that we can have multiple things going on inside as well as being outside. We don't have a nice gym facility for Montevallo right now. And um, it's, a, it's a problem for not just our young kids, but our high school and middle school sports as well because they're limited to space. So that's a big issue mm -hmm. because we've got some really athletic kids in our community and um, and they do phenomenal with with what we have. You know, our high school football team um, went far into state playoffs this year. Our basketball team went to the semifinals. Um, they, you know, almost made it to Birmingham. So um, we, we've got a lot of good things going on. Could we add some things? Of course, you know, I'm sure we could. Um, but what specifically we would add, we need to make sure that it's a it's something that would have a broad appeal and not something that just one, you know, one group would care about. Listen, I'm a basketball fan. I love basketball. If we could put a basketball gym up in four or five places across the city, I'd be happy. You know, because that means that Michael J could play basketball all day long. Right, it's have not to. just about me. It's not just about what would benefit my kid. Right. It has to be about what's most beneficial for the majority of our citizens. So we need to look at stuff like that. Um, and, and, you know, and people will say, well, you're not giving me specific answers. That's because it shouldn't be about what I want. I shouldn't be the one dictating what the answers to these problems are. Yeah. It should be our city, our community coming together to find collaborative answers. We need to figure out how to talk and make sure that everybody's best interest is being met. Not just my interest and what I want done. Because, again, if it was just up to me, we'd have a big old basketball goal. We'd have a basketball tournament every other weekend. And that'd be it. Um, but it has to be about more than what Joyce wants. It has to be about what the citizens of Montevallo want which is really what this whole election about. It can't be about just what me and my friends want. Mm -hmm. The city can't just be about what just a few of us a few of us want. It has to be about what is best for the collective. And if we can start doing that, if we can start making sure that everyone feels again like they've got a seat at the table, like their voices are being heard, I can almost guarantee, I would, my father-in-law say, I eat this Bible if I'm wrong. I would, I would almost guarantee you that we would come out better than how we would go in. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. I love that. You made a lot of good points here. I've seen her reading the comments and someone said, they said, yes, for soccer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like soccer, yeah. Yes, we're, we're looking for soccer. So I love how you wanted to implement a recreational facility. Yeah. I think that's so important, especially with um, – the heat and how temperatures rise is good to have some things on the inside. And also for um, senior citizens, that'll be That's something. Right. They have like an indoor track. Yeah. They can go in there and walk around, get out the house. So that'll definitely be something. Because if you do that, it's multifunctional. 
Right. right. So it meets the needs of what we want to do for our children, but it becomes a multifunctional space. Right. And our city deserves to have a space where, you know, anybody can use it and be able to have different kinds of functions in it. So we see it happen all around us. We can probably figure out a way to do that, you know, together as a city. And I know, you know, I know I'm not just I'm not trying to spend the city's money and, and take us to, through bankruptcy as a city or anything like that. But I, I think there's a way for us to continue pushing and looking for a solution to that problem. Right. And it's not just a problem that would it's not just the answer that would be an answer for just one group. It could go across so many different kinds of groups. It can. I love it. That's so amazing. Um, you definitely stressed that it takes a community. That kind of made me think of like the one Montevallo, mono like you're yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're kind of bringing everybody as one. And I absolutely yeah. love it. Um, so just to wrap things up, I'm so happy that you came here. So what is one last thing with I, I, you froze up just a little bit. Say it for me one more time. What is one last like comment, one last remark you want to leave for the citizens of Montevallo? So I, I just really want people to understand that um, this isn't about me. Like my campaign, I'm the, I'm the candidate, but this campaign isn't about me. It's really mm -hmm. about the citizens of Montevallo. And it's about how we want to continue moving forward. It's really about the future of our city. And it's about if we're going to be able to do that in a way that makes everybody feel like they're not just in the city, but they're a part of the city, right? So when we do that, I think we can come up with good solutions to any problem that we face. Montevallo is a great place to live. Mm. And and we all know that because most of us have been here our whole lives. Like you come to Mother Vowel and it's not a place that you really plan that you really want to leave. Right. And I think that's a testament to who we are as people. But here's an opportunity for us as a city to try um, to be better. Here's an opportunity for us as a city to not just uh, attack the day-to-day the -day things that happen in our city, but also to do something about the way that we will continue to live together as a community. Um, right now, all across our nation, we face a lot of different things, right? We've got a pandemic going on. We've got, um, we've got political diversity like we haven't seen in our lifetime in a long, or you know, for some of us haven't seen in a long time. Um, we've got social um, unrest where people just feel like um, we're just at each other all the time. And if we think that those kinds of issues won't make their way into our little small town, then we're living in a bubble. Those things are going to make their way into our everyday lives. Um, we can't run from it. Mm -hmm. And we have to have leadership that is able to not just address what happens on the council, but happen, but what happens in our homes, what happens in our schools, and what happens in our communities. And I think that if we do that together, if we start, if we make sure that we have an environment where we can address those issues, mm -hmm. just like we address the budget issues, if we can address the social issues, just like we address the issues of potholes and 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 paved streets, if we can do that together as a community, then we'll come out better than all the other people around us, because we'll know we will be able to do that as a community and not just as people who want their way or who only care about what they feel. Empathy, compassion. And kindness go a long way. Oh, yes. And leadership sets the tone. And so I think electing me, you know that you get somebody who has all those qualities, right? Like, I can take care of business, but I can also sit with you and help you figure out how to get through the hard times in your life.
Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we have to continue making sure that we support each other. We shop at our local businesses, that we're getting along, you know, in our communities, that we're talking to folks who live across town, that we're including people who don't even speak our our native language, right? Yeah. And and not making people feel bad about what their differences are, but making them understand that their difference is what makes them special to us mm-hmm. as individuals and as a city. So I, all those things are important to me. And I just want people to know that that's really why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I care about people. Mm-hmm. And if you care about people and you care about what they care about, then we'll be fine. We, we definitely will. And I wish you the best of luck. Um, anybody Thank you. on this live stream right now, like you can support her just by sharing this video and getting her word out and just letting people see who she is. Her heart is so pure, her spirit is so kind. Um, phenomenal woman, perfect woman for. And Crispin, can I say one more thing? Hopefully we're going to bring you back on here as the mayor. Yeah, sure. So, like, I had this great idea. And so I said I was going to announce it tonight in the podcast. Um, But we've got seven days before the election, right? Next Tuesday is the election. So we are on a seven-day countdown. And so in honor of that, I created a Spotify playlist. It's Ah. called... JJ 2020 campaign countdown okay. playlist on Spotify. And so as soon as we finish, I'm gonna share it. And y'all, let me tell you, it's a it's a wide variety of stuff on my playlist. But I want you to share it. And if you've got suggestions, you can hit me up on Facebook, send me a DM or whatever. And uh we'll see if we want to add it to our playlist. And then the night of the election, we're going to just blast our music, you know, and kind of just jam out and and wait on the results to come in. Um, So it's really fun. Me and a couple of my friends and some some people, uh, some co-workers or whatever, you know, suggested a few songs. I will say anybody who's been around me know that I'm crazy about Hamilton right now. So Hamilton made his way into my Spotify playlist. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's going to be fun, a fun way for us to connect. And uh, excuse me, that's just one of the things I want to do to kind of connect to people for the next seven days. Music is the universal <laughs> language, so I will definitely be on the lookout for that. So, so excited that you came. And if anybody wanted to help or volunteer on your campaign, how are they able to or how to <laughs> get in contact with Excuse you? Me. So you can email me at Joyce. Yeah, Joyce Jones, the number four mayor at gmail.com. Or you can go to JoyceJonesForMayor.com. Um, that's my website. And if you sign up to be included on our um, newsletter, I plan on sending out some ways that we can have people help us these next few days. We've got some things that we need to get done the next seven days. Because listen, if you want to vote for me, that I, I want you to vote for me. But I want you to get other people to vote for me, right? <laughs> the only way we're going to win is if we get the most votes. Right, so, together. Yeah, we got to do this together. It it can't be just about me. And here's the other part. The the you know what I didn't talk about this, but I'm gonna say it real quick. And I know we're running out of time, but one of the biggest reasons that I wanted to do this was because I wanted to make sure that people felt empowered to participate in the process. Mm-hmm. Voting is important. We had less than a thousand people participate in the last mayoral election. That is just unacceptable for a city our size. Less than a thousand people. Listen, it'd be a thousand people at the football game. Literally. We've got to do a better job of being a part of the process. Mm-hmm. We can't complain, which mm-hmm. is, I didn't say this earlier, but I'm going to say it now. I can't complain. I can't be mad if I'm not willing to raise my hand, if I'm not willing to take the shot, if I'm not willing to do what I can to solve the problem. And if you don't vote, then you can't say anything. 
I don't want to hear you complain if you don't get off your butt, if you don't show up next Tuesday and vote. Don't whine to me. Don't complain about what's not right if you don't at least do your part. And if we want things to change, we have to be a part of that change. We've got to raise our hands. we got to be willing to go through it to get to what we want. And so that's why I'm doing this, because I want people to feel empowered and I want people to know that they are a part of the solution. Yes. So anybody have any questions about that? So she told y'all get out there and vote. Make sure you do it because we it's a community. It's something that we have to do together. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on the Soulbox Life podcast. I'm so glad that you came. You guys be sure to like, share, comment. If you have any comments, you're more than welcome to comment on we will be in the comment section and we will answer them as they appear in our notifications. So yeah. thank you all for joining us today. Bye.